You're listening to Stir Crazy with Steve Jenkins. Conversations with creatives during the quarantine. You are the god of division. You are the god of the sword. As much as you are the god of the olive branch. So right now, take the sword of the Lord. Take the sword of the Lord. Take the sword of the Lord and divide everything that is not of you. Separate the wheat from the tear. And strike 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 until you have victory. For every enemy that is aligned against you, let there be that we would strike the ground for you. You will give us victory, God. I hear a sound of abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of shouting and singing. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. I hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I hear a sound of victory. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. The Lord says it is done. For I hear victory, 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 victory in the corners of heaven, in the corners of heaven. What's up, people? Welcome to Stir Crazy with Steve Jenkins. No, that's not the new theme music. That's a track that I made. I took some audio footage of Paula White, who's Trump's spiritual advisor, also married to Journey's Jonathan Cain. I took some footage from this prayer that she said, praying for Trump's victory. And I decided that sounds insane. I should make a metal track around it and play bass and guitar and program the drums. So that's what you that's what I did. That's what you're listening to. And uh, anyway, this is a special show. It's the first for a couple reasons. First time I've had a guest return today. We got the great Adam Dorn joining us today. And this is a one off special election recap episode. This podcast isn't going to become an overtly political place, but it's really hard to ignore what the four years we've just been through have felt like. And more, more to the point, the last year. I think what has been interesting is to see just how many people don't like when musicians are political. My response to that is, fuck that. It's amazing to me that people seem to think that just because one facet of someone's life is creating music or art or film doesn't mean that they don't have opinions about the world. The thing about being a musician and the reason why I think a lot of us are very politically motivated, especially now, is because a lot of the way in which America looks to other countries dictates how we're treated when we're on the road, especially internationally. For myself and a lot of people I know that tour internationally, I'm sure it's the kind of thing where people are constantly being judged in some ways. I remember being in Europe right after George W. Bush had been reelected, and there were a few times on a 30-date tour where people would talk to me about it and they couldn't understand how someone like that could get reelected. People want to talk about this stuff. I know not everybody travels overseas and I don't want to present that like some kind of elitist thing because for me, in my case, it's generally always been for work. That's a perspective that you're never going to see unless you go over there. It might sound condescending to say, well, you've never been outside of the U.S., but it's really a big deal to understand how the rest of the world perceives the country you live in. 
It's also a really big deal to try to understand how the various citizens within the country that you live in perceive how the country's supposed to be through their eyes. Joe Biden won this election. There's no question that he won. The margins in the states that were close have been widening over the past couple days as more votes have been coming in. Yet there's still this shitty narrative that Trump has to peddle that somehow he got fucked over in all this. And it's going to suck to watch all these sycophants on, on the right basically kowtow to these whims. So we're not totally out of the woods yet. We still got like 70 plus days of Trump bullshit to deal with. But you know what? fuck it he'll be gone soon it seems like the media is doing a good job of trying to offset all this bullshit including fox news so it'll be an interesting few weeks in the days ahead anyhow congrats to president-elect joe biden and vice president-elect kamala harris let's not forget the historic significance of her being the first woman to be vice president and not only that the first woman of color and her husband's jewish so a whole lot of firsts for the white house this time and it's exciting all right, I talked to Adam yesterday, which was Monday, November 9th, and by the time you hear this, it's going to be at least November 11th. We had a great chat. We talked about a bunch of different things pertaining to the election. It's very political. We don't talk about music at all, so if that's not what you want to listen to, definitely wait till the next episode. In any case, we had a great chat, and here's how that went. Here we are a few months later, and uh, <laughs> we have a new president and uh yes we, do. yes we do man yeah quite a contrast to the last time we spoke when in the i feel like it was the very beginning of covid and i had just lost my friend hal yeah. and it was an extremely it's still a somber time but boy is it a lot less somber so much stuff going on right now that's positive um including the potential ownership of gritty riding around on a lawnmower that's and the lawnmower says four seasons total landscaping on it like i i just cannot believe that gritty the philadelphia flyers mascot has become the mascot for democracy i think it's unbelievably cool um (laughs) I, i just feel like this year is when like the onion and the new york times converged as one newspaper (laughs) <laughs> the editorial staff just all agreed to just shake hands and move forward. Yeah, they, um, they started borrowing tape and post-it notes from each other. Like, <laughs> they sh- I love that they share a stationary closet. All of it. That's like the biggest thing that happens is their stationary needs are met. Yeah, man, I think you just nailed it. Um, what an unbelievable... I mean, and the thing is, we still have 70 days of... Lunacy. I mean, as of this morning, uh, Mark Esper has been fired via tweet, which is something we won't see anymore. No one will be getting fired via tweet. Uh, So we no longer have a secretary of defense. So the biggest military in the world will have an acting secretary of defense for like, it almost feels like when, you know, the generals that like signed the armistice in World War II for Hitler like there was no one left. They just got a guy and they said, put on this costume and, and here's a pen and sign. You know, there's he's going to gut the entire, like he's going to fire everyone. It's unbelievable. It's lunatic. Um, yeah, can't believe it. It's, it is really unbelievable. The, the, and I think now he's got like a email circulating. They're taking um, like legal defense fund donations 
Yeah, read the, election. Read, the small, read the small print. Have you read the small print? No. <laughs> okay. I just so, I, I kind of got to the point where I saw the ad and I was like, I don't know if I want to see what the rest of this says. Well, the rest of it says that 50% goes towards the legal fund. The other 50% goes towards the debt that the campaign uh, accumulated during the election. So anybody who donates to that is giving half of the money towards getting them out of debt. For, for Because remember Brad Parscale? The, the guy that ran the digital team for Trump and he was running the running the uh, campaign until about what, like three months ago? Do you remember this guy? Barely. Barely. Okay, well that's, that's good, man. That, that shows that you're not as like deep in the rabbit hole of insanity in, in, in following this stuff as I am. Brad Parscale was the guy that was running the Trump re-election efforts. And they had a war chest, I believe, of upwards of $1.1 billion. And they somehow misspent or grifted and kept or whatever about $850 million. And fast forward to about, you know, three months ago from when this was all being announced, Brad Parscale was actually arrested in front of his home for like threatening his girlfriend and abusing her. And like, you haven't heard from the guy since like, Oh, I remember a, this guy. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. this guy. Yeah. He was tackled by the cops and it was like, whatever. I mean, you know, he's, he's a guy that all of a sudden had a giant mansion and a yacht and like he made a fortune working on all this stuff for Trump. And now he's just like, he's gone. It's like everything that everyone that gets in Trump's orbit orbit gets fired or is in prison or is you know he ends up hating i mean when do when does when does the world finally see this pattern of like abject failure abject failure um <clears throat> and, and and horrible treatment by the way too um did you see this venn diagram of trump being the only president in the history of presidential politics to lose the president to lose the popular vote not once but twice to be impeached and to also be an incumbent. He's the first president in, in the entire history of the US presidency to have those three things attached to him. Yeah, so, I saw that. That's, yeah. that's insane. And it's true. And, and that's the thing, we're heading back into a time now where gaslighting is not gonna be the thing every day. And truth, it might not be the thing every time you hear someone speak, but you're going to hear the truth a lot more moving forward. And we're not used to it for four and a half years with this prick. I think that's been the real uh, differentiating thing. Cause I think, you know, my, my reflection, I've been thinking a lot about um, kind of what this means because when, when they announced Biden's win, yeah, I wasn't like a blubbering like mess, but I think there was this weird, like I felt a shift in, in just this whole, uh, like the feel of, of, of just the idea that like, we're, at least we're going to get someone that is going to acknowledge agreed upon truths and, yeah. and you're not going to be hit in the face with someone that's like telling you what you saw is false and yeah. stuff that people who have devoted their lives to isn't, isn't true. Like to me, it's been really, really taxing and an assault 
probably on everyone's collective mental health to, to have to indulge listening to arguably the most powerful person, you know, in the world spout complete fallacy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, it's exhausting. It's, it's, a, oh, yeah. it's abuse. It's abuse because the truth is the truth. And you know, this, this administration within the first two weeks, you know, you had members of the administration basically inventing a term alternative facts. And that's what this has been for four years. And, and there's, it's, it's, you can measure it. It's quantifiable. You can validate it on a daily basis. Dozens of times, like the lies just make you feel after all, all these years, like beaten down. You know, I can only imagine what it's like to have been Donald Trump as a child and how abused he was by his father in order for him to be this way. Like, I'm not, even in this moment of like, I hate this guy, I have empathy for the fact that someone or a collective like family scenario did this to him. He was created to be this much of an absolute narcissistic, you know, he's just a bottomless pit of lies and anger and division. Um, you know what I mean? Like, imagine a four-year-old Donald Trump. Like, I can imagine his his father must have been, and his grandfather must have been who he who I had. I believe he never knew his grandfather, but it, it turns out his grandmother was one of the biggest pricks ever too. His dad's mom. Um, these are just rotten people that created another rotten person. Um, you know, for bass players that don't live in the United States, maybe live outside of the United States. Here's here's the difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Joe Biden has a 1977 Fender Jazz bass right. with perfect action, really nice new strings and unbelievable like electronics in the bass and it's like a machine gun of like slapping. And Donald Trump is a 1971 Rickenbacker with flat wounds and super high action and like just try to slap on it. That's the difference between these two people. <laughs> if you're a bass player, that's my metric for the differences between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. One guy is like ready to get to work and the other guy is like, you know, yeah, you're a piece of shit. You're an unplayable bass. Yeah, um, it's, it's weird to me. Uh, I want to go back to something. So that Venn diagram, um, I think you sent it to me, but here's what I wanted to um, point out. Sure. The, the link it takes me to has the Venn diagram and it's Anthony Scaramucci's Twitter account. And so it's like, yeah. what's weird about this whole thing is there's like a litany of, of people that have come in and out of that, out of that mill, like his, his administration in the last four years. And I, and it's like, it's kind of like, remember that, that, you know, that famous jazz portrait with all the jazz musicians like the great dan harlan yeah of course it's a photo it's like yeah. a real thing yeah yeah it's a photo it's not a portrait photo this would be like if they took a picture of all these people it'd be like the shittiest four years of dc like that would be the title but yeah some... I, I agree i would laugh because that's really funny but it's really true like there's going to be and actually rachel maddow was keeping a list for a while of people that left the administration and and as of two and a half years ago it was already up to like 50 people that you could you know uh you, you you could just see the list 
on 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 so on on a, on a wide spectrum of a, ver a variety of power within the you know and 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 quite a number of them have become really really opposed to who and what he is and and him being in this position of power anthony scaramucci probably being higher on the list than others but he wasn't in that long either like he was in there for what like a month like, no 11 days oh. he, was in there. <laughs> he was in there but but he had been an absolute advocate and supporter and like he worked on you know he was a talking head for the campaign in 2016 he was you just you always saw scaramucci and he was always defending trump always defending trump and slowly over the course of a couple months after leaving the administration he written you know he you know i don't want to say he came to his senses because who knows he also might want to save his career and public persona and you know all that kind of stuff but yeah. i genuinely believe that he despises all things donald trump and he was you know very instrumental in being a like an equally loud voice against donald trump in 2020 as as opposed to supporting him in 2016. i mean that's what i i follow his twitter feed on a daily basis and he he despises him um but um have you have you listened to michael cohen's podcast by any chance i haven't checked it out i have seen some of the press junket stuff he's done like i saw him when he was on bill maher show yeah and i heard him do a couple other things where he was talking to people and um you know he was kind of just doing his set as, as it were you know how, like when people yeah. like that they're they kind of make the rounds and they sort right. of touch on the same things like i've but i haven't heard him go super deep with anything uh check out his podcast because he goes way deeper way uncensored deeper um and he points out serious serious issues like he'll he'll go deeper into the detail like i know he wants to sell his book but boy on his podcast he gives away a lot of it like he literally he like tells the stories and tells you where in the book to to read deeper into the story but it's like he interviewed this woman who just wrote a book about melania trump and her relationship with her and it was it was spectacular because the, the breakdown of how truly vile, you know, they both are, was, it was really candid coming from two people that worked with them for years. It wasn't just like people that were around for 11 days. It was like, they were just citing example after example after example after example of how, just how much lying and how vile they are. Like this period of time, I know everyone's like, oh, schadenfreude, you know, it's like, it's not. Like, we did something that most democracies can't bring themselves to do, which is we got rid of someone that was really moving, literally moving towards a, an authoritarian rule. And, and like, a, 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 like, we got rid of, like, a neo-fascist as the president. That's not a small, like, it usually doesn't, work because the moves that these people make are always to solidify and and take even more power the stuff we saw during the four years of this administration with this impeachment and with these russia you know the Mueller report we are about to see over the course of the next couple of years so many things now come to light because he's no longer in any position of of being able to be protected and he will repeatedly be shown to be the true absolute liar that he is i think over and over again and it won't be biden and it won't be kamala 
It's going to be the actual justice system and on a civil level, just really showing us over and over again how, how truly full of shit this guy is. Um, because it was already doing that before he was president, but when he got protected by the, you know, by his powers and immunity as president, I can't, I can't even imagine the, the abuses of power that we're not even hip to yet, you know? So much shit, so much grift. Um, it's gonna be inter- it's, it's gonna be more than interesting. This is a mistake that c- it can never happen again. We can't allow this to happen again as a country, you know, for someone like this to get the wheels, you know, to get the steering wheel. <laughs> He's- yeah, it's it's really it's really insane to me um, how how far the pendulum swung, and I think that's my fear. Yeah probably from here on out, man. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know how long, nobody knows how long they're going to be here for, but like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, I got a lot of years ahead of me, presumably like we all do. And I think, uh, yeah. the, the, the way in which I think I was thinking about this a lot. Like when did I, cause there, there was definitely a point where I got really not disillusioned with politics in this country, but I realized there was very little I understood about how it all worked, you know? Um, and I think it really started for me when, when, uh, the 2000 election happened, like Bush versus Gore and the night of the election, when they, when they said, we don't know who the winner is that that was the first time I was like, yeah, I don't know. I don't really understand what's happening. Like this doesn't make, it's not that it, it's not that people who knew how elections work, didn't know what was happening, but just, as like a citizen in the country, it's like, I don't understand how they don't know who won. Like it didn't make sense. Right. To me. And um, right. I think it definitely took me into a dark path with politics. Like I started to feel like, I don't know if I trust how this shit works, but you know, I mean, they, they've documented and explained how they got to the decision they got to. And, right. you know, right. it's one right. of those things where it's like, people might not like that outcome, but it wasn't as fucked up as maybe it seemed on the surface. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was, it was just, um, it was kind of a first and, and look what happens on the heels of it within nine months too. It's like, you know, I don't think people remember that, you know, Bush Gore, that took a while. That wasn't, that, that made, that made this like, the, an absolutely pra- exercise in pragmatism and an exercise in, in democracy. Like Bush Gore took a while. I mean, really it took like, we were well into like, we, it was many weeks um, and it was very unclear. Um, and you also have to remember that, that Bush Gore, you're, you're, you're coming out of a, it wasn't an incumbent. You're, you're kind of, you're coming out of eight years of Clinton's administration. So not only, did you not know who was going to be president? You you didn't have someone that was in there that that had a system set up. You know what I mean? Like both both teams, both Gore and Bush would be transitioning new administrations in. You know, it's much different when you have an incumbent. And by the way, to go back to that Venn diagram, yeah, the, the history of of elections in this country and the overwhelming. Uh, advantage incumbents have is is another reason why this is such a striking victory in terms of the pendulum the pendulum shift 
Oh yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the first time, you know, I guess, I guess we've been alive for a, t- a couple times when that happened, like Jimmy Carter, right. He was a one-term president. And then- yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, you know, he, he lost for a couple of good reasons to be quite frank. Um, you know, coming out of the whole Nixon pardon scenario and Ford, it was time for him to become president, but like, you know, that power, structure for the Republican Party during that era was so ripe to make him a one one term president like you know seriously like he had one term written all over him right away um whereas the difference between Trump and Jimmy Carter is it's kind of gigantic um in terms of his the colossal failure failure of his incumbency and and his and his loss i mean it's going to be, it's, it will go down. Like it's going to be pretty historic because not only did Trump lose, but the Republican party actually gained control in state houses. It kept its hold on the Senate so far. And, you know, he still managed to gain 5 million more votes and he still lost the election. Do you know how unbelievably insane that is statistically? That's millions and millions of people coming out to vote that would never vote before, um, telling the nation, saying, no, you can't be president anymore. Some of some of your cohorts cohorts can stay in, in power, but you're done. I've never seen that. Usually it's like a straight party vote and like it's a sweeping change. Um, it's not a sweeping change government will still be divided with two thirds of the branches in, in control of one party. Uh, the Senate, we'll see, you know, there's possibility for the Dems to control the Senate through the tiebreaker with Harris, but Donald Trump has been told in no uncertain terms, you know, this past week to go fuck himself. Oh, I mean, yeah. that, that is, there is no if and or but about that fact. Um, I mean, if you're Mitch McConnell, you have to be kind of laughing your ass off. I mean, you, you've kept your gig and this guy is gone. I, it's nuts. It should never work that way for an incumbent. Um, uh, I'm, I'm amazed he kept his job. Um, I'm but- not. I'm not. McGrath was a – honestly, it should have been Booker. It was a ter- terrible candidate to run against McConnell in Kentucky. Um, is it McGrath? Yeah, she's just was completely uninspiring. And just a bad candidate. Um, you know, Kentucky's Kentucky. Like, it would take someone so diametrically opposed to McConnell to beat McConnell. And they, the voters weren't given that choice. She's she's a very boring person. Um, yeah. You know, unfortunately. I think that's the other interesting thing about this election. Um, because I know, for me personally, I voted for Bernie in the primary. I liked a bunch of them. Like I liked Warren. I liked Bernie. Yeah, me too. I voted for Bernie as well. And I, and I knew that that wouldn't be a wasted vote because I knew Biden was going to win California. Um, Mm. but it was like, Hey, Bernie's my guy. Like I'm going to stick with my guy. Yeah. I liked Andrew Yang also, man. Andrew had some cool ideas. Um, still, as far as I'm aware, the only person who was a candidate, uh, that mentioned, how fucked the music business is because of COVID. Um, yeah. 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 He went on Twitter and said, like, I don't understand how touring musicians are hanging in there. Um, right. 
I remember seeing that. And that's really cool for him to, you know, and it's testament to the fact that he probably has some friends in bands and he probably has some, you know, connection to the music world, which yeah. is rare. It's very rare. I'll tell you what, though, as much as I, I really like Bernie and I voted for Bernie, I don't think Bernie would have beaten Trump. I really don't. I think I think Trump would have crushed him. This yeah, time. I, I think there's like a weird. So this is what I'm getting at when I brought brought up the primary. I think the thing yeah. I, I want to. I, I'm finding it hard to uh, parse, you know, but I think, I think, it, you know, it, it's probably obvious on some level. We didn't have, we didn't have this great campaign with like, you know, uh shepherd fairy doing like a, doing like a poster in, 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 you know, blue and red, like the, the Obama hope thing. Like right. Right. Biden is kind of not by himself. He's really not that excited, even though he's got great traits and stuff. And yeah. He's not, you know, this wasn't like some kind of giant movement that swept people up, you know, because I, I definitely felt there was a palpable thing about the way Obama did his campaign. And I think it was infectious. And I don't know if uh, I don't know if it was necessarily fueled by a backlash to like W, but it, it might have been because, you know, we had we had I and mean, we still do have wars going on, but like, you know, yeah. like perpetual wars. And we were also on the heels of like this horrible financial crisis. And so I think yeah. it, it wasn't hard to necessarily rope people in to the idea that like, okay, we've had eight years of this shit. Something has to change. Um, oh no, no, not at all. I mean, and, and it's such a different time and a different place coming on the, the heels of nine 11 and, and, you know, the Iraq war and, and just like real dissatisfaction with the basic, like it's funny. You know, the, the, the two-party system is what it is. Yep. Cheney and Bush really represented a different kind of thing. Um, I mean, I had this thought a lot. Like a Mitt Romney winning in 2016 instead of a Trump doesn't, doesn't remotely have us in the place that we're in right now. I feel like there are certain kinds of people that can be president where you know, this honor system and this this sort of gravitas, you know, is there. What happened with Donald Trump specifically, which is so much different than the iconography and the youth and the coolness factor and 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 Barack Obama, which is who is such a stellar human being by every metric. Now you have this thing with Biden, mm -hmm. and I think that he doesn't. It's he's not cool. You know, he's cool in so much as this country right now needs someone to be like, all right, you know what? It's going to get better. And this I'm going to make this better. And I'm going to return us to like a calm, you know, like embrace of like decency and care and empathy. You, you can't divide a country that's dying from a virus you can't divide a country you know and expect to win anything that these are not the times to have an enemy you know the enemy can't be your fellow citizens you know i think this concept of red and blue states is insane to me because you look at the the states that trump won and you're like there's four hundred and eighty thousand people in you know Alabama that voted for a Democrat 
And just because there's 622,000 Republicans, they're not all enemies. They're not like there to be divided and hate each other. This culture of I hate you and you need to lose needs to seriously go away because there's nothing good that comes of it. The tribalism thing is really, really whack. And I think that what Joe Biden, you know, listen, the last three and a half weeks or four weeks of the campaign for this, you know, 2020 election, Trump has super spreader events, these these insane rallies, and Biden, like, doesn't do it at all. Like, if Biden was as much of a narcissist and as much of an egomaniac as Trump, he could have had rallies. He could have had, like, 6,000 people here and 8,000 people there. He could have done all that. You don't do that right now. And it's a testament to this country in a lot of ways that like you respect people and you respect science during a period like this. And you know, who's to say that maybe if Biden had done that kind of stuff and really rallied support and done some like exciting things and big rallies, like maybe he gets even more votes. Maybe he, maybe some certain states, they're not even in question as a result. I mean, but I think that's the wrong thing to do. That's the, feeding you know trump's ego needs constant feeding you know and and a rally when you're going to an area where the hospitals are almost filled to capacity with covid patients that's so wildly irresponsible and wrong and getting people to hate each other based on what's going on with a virus is so disgusting to me oh man it's so stupid oh so dark it's so unbelievably dangerous and dark. I know that moving forward, there will be statistics for like, yes, because of Trump rallies in the last three three weeks of the election, you know, 1,140 people died and XX, you know what I mean? There's going to be a measurable statistic based on, I mean, listen, uh, you know, right now, who was it? Uh, the Oklahoma, remember the first rally that he threw in Oklahoma? I mean, people died as a result of that rally. Like a high ranking Republican party personality died because he went to that, you know, event. Um, that's like really broken. Like, why is that even something that could be tolerated? It's, um, it's nuts, man. I, I feel like Biden is kind of, you're going to like this analogy. Um, uh, is it better than my, is it better than my flat wound strings slapping on a Rickenbacker with high action? I hope it is. Cause that felt, that felt dead. <laughs> well, it, wasn't, it wasn't dead, man. That was a good analogy, but I think Trump is the fucking loudness wars, right? Yeah. And Biden yeah. is like sound checked by Apple, which was like the thing that made a lot of producers and mastering engineers force the songs to be mixed to standard levels you know and they're right and they're, right 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 yeah so now everything's normalized volume right. has, and all the streaming services like i think all of them pretty much use audio normalization this is some nerdy shit but like hey um, no it's not i mean i know what you're saying it's like you yeah. need it's you, the key word in that is normal like you know you have to normalize the political process so that it doesn't become this tribal, you know, divided warlike thing. You know, I think that people got swept into this personality of Donald Trump and his thing is zero sum. 
And politics is not zero sum. Politics is give and take, not take and take. And you can't have the U.S. body politic be this, this is what I say and that's it scenario. You cannot. You no. cannot. Um, hence the reaction of all these world leaders, you know, uh, upon here. There were fireworks in other nations when when Biden's, you know, presidency, you know, when his, when his victory was announced. There were... Um, you know, there were politicians that that literally tweeted, welcome back, America. You know, that happens for a reason, you yeah. know, that happened with Obama. Like, I remember when when Obama, yeah. yeah, like there was a lot of stuff like my my one of my best friends lives in he was living in Berlin at the time. And, and that was like a huge sentiment that was sort of being trumpeted all over the place. But yeah, yeah no, I agree with you. I think Trump's zero sum thing is really, really dangerous when you have a very not when you have a not very nuanced two party system and it, it brings oh, yeah. the worst than what that system is because absolutely because you, you know, it, it's one of those things where I definitely have conservative friends as I'm sure you do, but I think it becomes harder to uh, harder to make sense of it when the front face of it is, is someone that really doesn't, denounce things that are horrible things that have nothing to do with having more conservative views on where the government puts their money or like the economy or exactly exactly you know? i agree you know and it's it's interesting you know charlie hunter and i do this weekly live thing on instagram and you know we open it up for people in, in the comments so that that appear to like kind of have a conversation with us while we're talking. And the other day we had someone who was a conservative start, you know, complaining about how we just have our opinions and we don't listen. So we literally were like, we're listening, start typing comments and we're going to have a conversation with you. And I swear, man, over the course of about 20 minutes reacting to other people's comments, but still talking to this guy, his name was Jake. I think Jake Wilson. I, I don't know who he is, a guitar player. And he started thanking us for having a conversation and listening to him and going like, you know what? I, I, I understand what you're saying. And he had like, he's not a bad guy. You know what I mean? He wasn't a guy that we weren't there to argue with him. We were there to say, Hey, have you noticed during the last four years that we have been told that we're losers and that we have, you know, we're, we're basically like it's zero sum. It's like Trump is right. And he's the King and we're not allowed to say anything. And he's, and he, this guy really to his credit, he came around and he was like, yeah, you're right. Like he's, he was wrong about a lot of stuff. And I'm like, there you go. Yes. So we, we went from this place of like, you don't listen to anything and you're just, your liberal views are not the same as mine. And I'm like, dude, you don't know what my views are. You don't know what you're, 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 you're just ready for a fight. That's what Trump does. It's professional wrestling. Yeah. It's all the bluster and no nuance and no, you know, when you look back on, on his presidency and you say, well, what were his legislative and policy victories? There aren't any because he's not that person. He has no, you know, maybe the, 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 you know, they passed that tax, uh, you know, the, their, their tax cuts, you know, for the, for the wealthy right before Paul Ryan lost control of the house. That was it. That was their only legislative, like actual win. Um, and then the other things were just all the judges they, you know, they got in the courts, but that would happen anyway. It doesn't matter. 
that's going to happen during any presidency for any, you know, any president is going to get judges. That's just part of the, you know, executive branch responsibility, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think the one thing he did this, and I emphasis on the word one <laughs> was he signed that, that first step act into law, which was like that thing for fe the federal prison system, which. Oh yeah. That which, had been, that had been worked on for years. Yeah. And, and it you know, I'm not going to say, Oh, you know, that's not a big deal. Like it was cool that they did that, but guess what? It's going to be continued to be looked at and, and, and edited and updated and, and I'm not edited. Um, what's the term? It's still going to be reformed and, sure. and, and worked over the years. Like this administration will also do stuff towards, you know, bettering that scenario. So you're right. I, I, I guess, yeah, if I was to pick out something, you know, sure. That's, you know, yeah. that's, that's a bill, but Dems, that, that's a bipartisan bill too. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that Donald Trump really sat there and got into the nuanced aspects of that and fought for specific things like a, like a social justice warrior? Bullshit. No, no. way. He did not. Um, you know, it's a bipartisan bill, you know, much like the legislation that I helped work on the Music Modernization Act. That was 100% bipartisan, you know? You wouldn't know it from the signing ceremony because no Dems were allowed to be at the signing ceremony. Like literally key people for during that process were told they were not allowed in the White House. Like folks that I worked with that like made that bill happen were like literally background checked and told you are, you are not invited because you are, you're a Democrat, you cannot come. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's why it was Ted Nugent and Kid Rock and what is it, uh, you know, Sam Moore from Sam and Dave. And it was like, it turned into this like, the president loves music. And it's like, oh yeah, this president loves music. Look at this motherfucker dance. Do you think he loves music? Cause he sure as fuck ain't showing it the way he's moving. No. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't feel anything. Yeah, um, it's, it's weird, man. There's been like a real, uh... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was, I remember kind of the lead up to the inauguration and there were all these people who were sort of being tossed around, like who's going to, who's going to play. And, um, oh, yeah. and I remember, I remember um, Kiss got asked to do it and I'm not sure what their politics are. I know I'm, pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure that Paul Stanley's not someone that voted for Donald Trump. I don't know if Gene Simmons is, but he certainly doesn't speak like he's on either side of it. And that's probably by design. Like he probably knows. Um, right. But the thing is like kiss put out the statement saying we're not doing the inauguration. And yeah, cause they're very pro America. Those guys are older. Like they're, they're definitely people that probably, you know, they're boomers for all intents and purposes. Well, yeah. I mean, isn't Gene Simmons the son of Holocaust survivors? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but but by the way, that does not mean he's liberal, and that does not mean he's an anti-Trump, you know, he's anti-Donald Trump. I don't know, just like you said, I don't know what his politics are. I, I'd honestly wouldn't be surprised if he was a Donald Trump supporter. Yeah. But I don't know that for a fact. Like, I could be 100% wrong. But the point is, is like that franchise or that band of that magnitude, they know they can't, they can't make any moves like that. 
But even yeah. saying we're not doing the inauguration, there was like a ton of uh, a ton of blowback, you know. Yeah. And it's like for the same reason, I know there was like some static between Neil Sean and um, Jonathan Cain because Jonathan Cain's married to Paula White. Oh yeah, which which still like she she is she's so frightening to me. Like I can't even begin to figure out like. Yeah. You know, but I know Jonathan Cain is probably super hardcore religious right wing yep. person. You know, yeah. I don't think Neil Sean is, man. And I know they had public, they had a public thing about it. And I don't know that Journeys w- was ever in trouble of like disbanding, but like essentially that's a giant, you know, it's like a sports team, you know, like yeah, it's like at a certain point, it's like too big to fail. Like they may not even speak to each other, but like, they'll just, right. they just, it's like you continue to do business. It's the guys in Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. They don't even speak to each other, but it's too big to fail. It's a multi, multi, multi-million dollar a month business. So it's like, you just agree to move forward as a business, you know? That's correct. I just thought about that. Like, I wonder what those guys make per month, but, but just giant amounts of money, I think. Um, yeah probably just from like all the streaming and like the whatever oh, deals they have from like absolutely and licensing and and you know just apps just you know perform public performance royalties like ridiculous amounts of money right. but like jonathan kane and paula white it's like i remember when i i didn't know who she was and then someone said like oh she's married to the keyboard player in journey and i laughed because <laughs> because we know because i think the naive assumption is is like oh well then that's nuts it's like opposite opposites attract and i'm like wait a minute no that dude could be like totally not into what i'm into like it doesn't mean that he has to be some liberal creative person you know what i mean it's yeah. like but uh woo she's nuts she's she literally nuts i th- i don't find anything she does to be legitimate i think she seems wildly insincere and and on the hunt for money like it just seems totally nuts to me yeah well folks will recognize the uh the rant she did and i said it's a music that's the music that opened this episode so oh yeah man and i love that you sent that to me and i i was so wrapped up in watching election coverage that it took me like 24 hours to like check it out and i finally checked it out and i'm like this is so great (laughs) so cool man man. but yeah that's so if anyone got freaked out and thought they were listening to the wrong podcast that's uh (laughs) nope you're in the right place it's astonishing you know and it's like even like and and to put a timestamp on this today like you have a guy that just fired the secretary of defense for not being loyal to him he fired esper via tweet ben carson uh tested positive for covid today dr ben Um, you know I, i feel so bad because it was Herman Cain whose name I was searching for. Herman Cain died from, yeah. from COVID because he went to a rally. And, you know, I have empathy for the fact that an older individual went to something and because of his political beliefs, like, sort of, you know, was like, oh, I, this is fine. This, you know, I, I'm not worried about this. It's like his family's grieving the loss of their father and their brother and their son, you know, not their son, because I think his parents would be 120. But, you know, like, Someone died. This guy ran for president in 2016 and was like the lead candidate for a while for that party. And he died and no one said a no one said a fucking word. So you know what? I'll say a word, even though I don't agree with his politics. And I thought the pizza company he owned made shitty pizza. That doesn't mean. Was that like, 
What's that? Godfathers. Yeah, that was her. I think that was Godfathers. Hermine Cain. <laughs> yeah. So not my dude at all. But like, hey, guess what? He doesn't deserve to die from a virus for going to a fucking grifter's rally. Like, oh, no. that's, that's the irony of all of this. It's just like, you know, there is a decency in Joe Biden, like giving a speech to a parking lot filled with cars, beeping their horns, and they're socially distanced and they get to listen to their candidate and drive home safe. And one of the things from this, this election is spectacular because it's the first time you saw social media trolled Trump in a way that I, I didn't expect at all. Via TikTok, you had this movement to all RSVP for tickets to that rally. So you had the president of the United States tweeting that he had 1 million requests to come to this rally and 993,000 of them were fake. Like literally fake, like people trolling and, and like taking up the place of someone else who would come to this rally. The rally ends up being one third full because that's what it was going to be at that point anyway. Like, yeah, it's so nuts, they, man. Yeah, so 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 they have Parscale saying like we have more people asking to come to this event than in the history of presidential politics, and then like six thousand people show up to an eighteen thousand seat plus seat stadium, like that's crazy. But and and I and I hope I'm not ranting because I have to, I have to bring this up. Yeah, bring it nothing, up. Nothing in the history of politics will ever ever top. Four seasons total landscaping press conference. Oh, man. The press conference next to a dildo store and a crematorium in Northeast Philadelphia, which, by the way, is very far, very far from Center City, Philadelphia, which is what they call it. They call it Center City. It is an error on a level that I still can't get my head around. Dude, unbelievable. <laughs> that, that is a. That is a final moment in a campaign that couldn't be written better by the guys who do South Park, Bob, nope. Bob Odenkirk nope. and David Cross, nope. Tim and Eric. Nope. You know what I mean? Nope. Like that, that whole thing, unbelievable. Like Chef's Kiss and how perfect, how perfect that was. Absolutely. Like literally like both of us, like, you know, like, Voila! Like whatever a chef says after he like does the kiss, it is when you think that I, I have to add to that list just out of respect. Like Mel Brooks couldn't have written it. Oh yeah, Woody, yeah. Woody Allen couldn't have written it. Carl Reiner couldn't. I, I'm so sad that Carl Reiner didn't get to live a little longer to see the the Four Seasons total landscaping. <laughs> <laughs> the, the amount of laughter that that a beautiful 96-year-old or 97-year-old man would deserve to, to have at that point in his life, I'm so sad. Um, it is the only thing that could have made it better is if someone just from the press pool, pool walked up and put like, an 11 inch dildo like right on the dais as it like it's like oh, i just i just want to record this like as a mic you know because there are microphones pointing towards yeah. Giuliani. it's like it's just it's you it's unbelievable like I, I was going back and forth with some friends of mine some documentary filmmakers and i was like how do you even cover this in a documentary like i mean you just cover it you let it be shown for how 
truly insane that is, you know. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I was brainstorming with a friend last night. We were talking about like if someone made a film about Trump and they were going to do it, like how would they do it? And I kept thinking it would be funny as shit. Yeah. If it was like a single camera thing, like the office. Yeah. And kept having like the asides where like different people in his, in his, in his administration would talk to the camera and it, and it's like Stephen Miller kind of like opining. He's like, is saying you people, is that fucked up or is it not fucked up enough? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I love that. Well, then, you know, it's this cause I was thinking of like, they're going to make a movie. Like there's going to be a movie about the, the ineptitude and the insanity of who and what these people were. And the only thing I thought of, and you might disagree with this, but I think he would murder it on a casting level was Kieran Culkin has to play Stephen Miller for some reason. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, like honestly, like I'm, I'm, I'm on the verge of like emailing his agent and just being like, I don't know who you are, but like this, this, you need to make this happen. Yeah. Like he would be the best Stephen Miller, um, you know, or Moby. Like Moby literally could play Stephen Miller. He's just, he's just not an actor, and he has no ability to do that. But he could be that evil, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Kieran has the the like the eye. He's got the glare thing because he's really yeah. yeah. So oh man, his his stuff is 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 what is it? Romeo uh, Roy from from uh, from Succession. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's truly got the ability to play that evil prick. But no, dude, listen to get back to that because I I don't quite want to. I don't totally want to get rid of uh the total landscaping uh like portion of this discussion sure yeah, yeah. that there was also on the dais standing next to rudolph giuliani uh which i love to call him rudolph giuliani um there was a sex offender like a convicted sex offender as part of their team you can i mean like it's it it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and it turns out that the owners of the store are like they they are they're gonna probably end up making a lot of money off of t-shirt sales and the and i'm not gonna buy one because it turns out they're fucking trumpers you know, it's like they tried to tweet out from the from the you know Four Seasons Total Landscaping account. Like, we are proud that any presidential campaign would want to do a press conference at our location. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you're you're Trumper. You you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that. So don't don't quote me. But something tells me they they were they were Trumpers. I could be wrong, but I'm I, I just I don't know. I feel like buying a T-shirt from from them. It's just like no, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not making you a multimillionaire because of like, you know. Yeah, someone's gas. Yeah, it's like I can make my own Four Seasons Total Landscaping. T-shirt. I could have Zach Danziger make me a Four Seasons Total Landscaping T-shirt. That's that <laughs> of being friends with Zach. Um, but it's just, woo! It's just, it's just un, unbelievable, you know. And and we're gonna have a crazy seventy days of. He's going to probably fire the CIA director. And what's really scary is that Donald Trump has knowledge of like real U.S. foreign policy and privileged information. And you got to hope that this guy is like stable enough to just like he isn't stable enough to keep his mouth shut. Like on a regular basis, he ran his mouth about military technology and said shit he should shouldn't say like. 
I really don't know what's going on. Um, I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, he, you know, he, you know, and, and what's your, what's your thought on like this whole, like for the next 70 days, I feel like the media is just going to be like, how angry is president Trump and, and what's his next move. And, you know, there's going to be this amplification of how absolutely immature and moronic he is. And I'm like, I think they should just be like, cover a bunch of realistic things that Biden's like talking about and then be like, oh, and by the way, President Trump still doesn't accept the election. And that's it. They shouldn't talk about, you know, anything. They shouldn't give any volume to his insanity at this point. And they will because they want ratings. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the part that I definitely see happening because they've made a lot of money off of Trump. You know, those companies have made a lot of money off of Trump. And I think, um, I don't know if boredom sells, but I definitely know that it feels better to be not worried about the day-to-day ramblings of a, of a unstable person. Um, but you know, I think the one palpable thing that I noticed, and I don't know if this happened last week or the lead up to the election, you, you notice the language and the rhetoric of people in the media that obviously are tired of this motherfucker, like the way, oh, yeah. The way they start to talk about him and like just the discrediting of, of the, of the lies and like the dishonesty, like they just, it's like the gloves came off at some point. Yeah. And it, I agree. I agree. And by the time it got called for Biden and even before you could tell people were just, they were done with it. Like you could yeah. tell that some of these people like Anderson, Anderson Cooper, or maybe even like um, Chris Cuomo, like maybe they like almost like, they were going to slip and not say president Trump, but just call him Trump. Um, You know, like there's, it just seems like all decorum has sort of been glued together because of protocol and what you're supposed to do as a professional journalist. But, but this thing's worn on everybody, man. And I just just think at the end of the day, the one undeniable part of the media component is they've made a lot of money off of it. So, yeah, you know, know they're going to, it's something he reminded them of all the time too. He's like, you know, you don't, there's no ratings without me. Like, you know, you, you know, your, your paper goes out of business without me. Like he says all that kind of stuff constantly. I mean, um, the reason why they make documentaries about OJ Simpson, you know, like yeah. even if, even if it's interesting and even if there's things about that, that are, that are extremely fascinating, you know, because, you know, it's a beloved sports hero or like the power of fame or like, just, you know, there, there's things that people are naturally interested in because of the story, but like, there's a, there's a, you know, cows can be reborn millions of times. And then the milk from those cows generates a lot of income. I mean, I think that's the weird part. It's like, there's, there's nostalgia for shit. That's awful. So yeah, no, you're right. I mean, in this whole administration, really, like if, if, if I was objective and if I didn't know anything about like the way politics work. And I just saw like what it's like, these people don't want to work in politics. They want book deals, you know, cause there's so yeah. many books yeah. that come out like John Bolton, uh, anonymous who they just revealed. Um, yeah. Who, who had been on TV for, <clears throat> for months as like a, a like a, an anti Trump former administration official finally just said like, yeah, by the way, I'm also anonymous, like from, 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 you know, from a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, Omarosa had a book. 
Um, oh God, Amorosa. She shouldn't. She should never have been there in the first place. I mean, but you're right. There's so many people with books. You know, it, it, you're right. Bolton's book. I I read like part of his book, and then I just was like, I don't care. I don't care. Like, <laughs> I just I get it. You know, and he just did the he did the wrong thing, and he wanted his book to sell. So screw John Bolton. You know, and I guess who else had a book? Um, I, I feel it more. Michael book. It's like in people that have book deals and they themselves don't read books. <laughs> it's like you you wrote a book, you know. Do you read books? You know? Um yeah. it's I mean, kind of fanatic. Yeah, there's high level ghost writers or people that kind of pinch hit the book thing. So sure, sure. You know, scare me. And actually, to speak to that, for the last five years, the co-author of Art of the Deal has been the biggest anti-Trump advocate, like imaginable. It was like, was his name Tony Tony Schwartz or Tony? I think it's you know, I'd have to look him up. But he, starting back when Trump first announced he was going to run, he's like, listen, I wrote that book with him. I wrote that book. I feel responsible for you even talking about this guy he is a nothing i mean he said it then that's um, quotes. yep oh okay good yeah he's hysterical like you know and you got a guy you you, you got e Jean carroll who's like he he assaulted me in a in a store like her case can move forward now think about the litigation coming the way of donald trump and his family most of which will be civil won't be criminal but maybe in E. Jean Carroll's case, like she will have a criminal case against Donald Trump for an assault, um, you know, because I believe he he probably did what she said he did. Like he's he's just seems like you know he's that guy, just like scummy dude. Um, I don't know. Uh, I would not want to be Donald Trump living in the United States moving forward beyond this period of time, because. I don't think it's just, it's not going to be like Joe Biden getting revenge or Kamala Harris appointing, an, you know, the two of them appointing an attorney general to ruin Donald Trump's life. I think it's going to be the, the you know, the SDNY and, and Letitia, what's her last name? The, the, the attorney general of the state of New York. They are going to bring civil suits that are just and, and like actual legitimate, you know, cases against this family and this organization um it's they're gonna have to seriously learn how to tap dance to stay out of trouble moving forward because they don't they won't have the protection of the, the doj like they've had the last you know four years this immunity bullshit where's um, bill bar has anyone figured that out I, I literally was just about to say like oh and by the way where's william Barr? where's bill Barr? like i have not seen or heard a word from william Barr in how about you? Like five weeks, six weeks? I, I don't know where he is. He got COVID, right? Didn't he? He was one of the people that got COVID. I don't that. know. That's the thing. Like, it was it ever, was it ever like validated that he had it? Like verified rather? I think it was more that. Um, I know he, he quarantined, quarantined himself, but then I never heard another COVID. thing. Yeah, that's what it was. Like he quarantined and then no, he might've, they kind of stopped talking about him that's what it was um yeah yeah i don't i don't know that guy's 
diabolical, man. You know, he really is. He really is. And when you know a lot about his past and what happened to him in the past, this turn, because he had been AG before, this turn as AG was like, you know, channeling his inner like vengeance and revenge, like core being, because he was unceremoniously thrown out before and he was shut down majorly when he was working in the, uh, you know, I think it was the Bush administration or the, at the end of the Reagan administration into Bush, Bush senior. And he did some really nasty shit that got him in trouble then. And I just think of William Barr as a guy that watched Richard Nixon resign and he just told himself, I will never get over this. I will never let this happen to a president again. And that's what we saw play out. Like his entire thing was protect the president, protect the president. The country can't have that kind of pain again. And he just seemed like he was that like, I guess in theory, he was a young Republican when Nixon was ousted you know, believe it or not, I guess he was in his late 20s, you know, and, you know, it really damaged him, um, as it did Roger Stone, as it did, think about these people, I've been making a list of, like, who goes away and you never hear from again, or rather, who goes away and, like, maybe is in some trouble, you know, Stephen Miller, William Barr, Roger Stone, Corey Lewandowski, Michael Flynn, who's now back in legal jeopardy because now they won't have the DOJ to be able to really protect him. And the, 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 the D.C. Circuit Court is like, no, you can't throw this case out. The judges literally refuse to listen to the DOJ. Um, so they're still fighting that. Um, Ivanka, you know, Eric, Don, Don Jr., Jared Kushner, think about how vile these people are. I mean, they make Dick Cheney seem as if he's like Churchill, you know? It's it's astonishing how how vile these people are. Um, wow, there's just, you know, like you, you, you were only 48 hours removed from <laughs> finding out that Biden is president-elect. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, my, my buddy Guy Licata brought up the, the perfect question which was, is there such a thing as too much schadenfreude? Like, what's the term for too much schadenfreude? Like, I don't know what that term is, but I'm kind of feeling it. Like, I, I, it's not that I want revenge. It's just that I know evil people did evil shit and they need to, they need to pay a price. Yeah, they're, they're not above the law. They are not above the law. Yeah, um, that's why I'm not, I'm not really feeling this let's heal the fucking divide right now. Like, I think... Yeah. I think a lot of things have to happen before that can even be a a discussable thing because yeah yeah you know, it's like there there's no cuz otherwise like here's my thing man either shit's wrong or it's not and right so, it's a binary thing I I agree and so to just say that like okay I don't like I don't like dissent I don't like the idea that people are angry enough at each other to want to you know either have it be hostile 99% of the time, or even, yeah. even to the point of violence, like we're going to drive people off the road. Um, right. And right. even the way that that gets defended as like some kind of a, well, what about looting and, and like protests that are violent? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you're not, you're the fundamental issue with that is like, you're doing this for a guy that doesn't give a fuck about you and your rights are intact. And people are doing this because, you know, 
because of like the countless murders at the hand of like bad cops. It's not really the same right. thing. So no, it's, there's no, you're a hundred percent right. There's yeah. no equivalency. Um, so also, I'm, not, I'm not ready yeah. to sing Kumbaya out of those motherfuckers, man. I'm no, not no, me either. And, <laughs> and as a matter of fact, you know, Trump surges into popularity based on such an, a reprehensible, racist, horrible foundational thing of, you know, Mexicans as rapists and drug dealers. Obama wasn't born in this country. All of this horseshit. And that's why I brought up Michael Cohen's thing, because Michael Cohen speaks directly to the birtherism thing in, in an episode. And it's amazing because he's like, I would be in the office with Donald and he would look at me and be like, I know it's not true, but who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? It's not true. But all that matters is that I'm on the, on the cover of a newspaper and that this is being spoken about over and over again. So fuck the truth. And that's quoting Trump. And that makes me think to myself, there is no appeasing these people because the very premise for the ascendancy of their hero's power and, and a, a, you know, legislative victory, not legislative, elective political victory is based on bullshit and lies. And that's where you're 100% right. It's binary. It's either bullshit or it's not. And when you have someone admitting the fact that their fucking sole purpose for running was that you hated someone and that you, you were like, I spread lies about someone and this is what got me notoriety. Fuck you. Yeah. You, you, don't, get, you don't get a kumbaya moment. Like, that's why I'm saying, like, the schadenfreude thing on steroids I don't want to get to fervor personally. I don't want to get to, you know, rip his legs off, but he does need to, he needs to pay. Like he needs to fucking pay um, in a, in a measured, pragmatic, mature, like this is justice kind of way. He's not, you know, he's not, uh, uh, I'm trying to, you know, um, Muammar Gaddafi where you need to see the video of him being murdered you know, like by a pack of people. No yeah, way. No. That's insane. No, dude, I actually had a really strange flashback from living in New York. Um, and yeah. it, it was one of those things we're talking about. Like I, I was, I went, I don't know if you remember that, that falafel place that was on the corner of St. Mark's kind of near, uh, where the continental rock club was, it was kind of near. Oh, where yeah. is. Absolutely. I remember it for sure. I so don't know. The name yeah, I think it was called chickpea for a while, then it was called something else, but it was like a falafel yeah. joint. I remember I went, right. I had had some like strange date with some girl and I can't remember her name and it was <laughs> relatively insignificant to the story, but but it was kind of like an aftermath. Like it was like kind of a strange night and I was like, well, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get some food. So I go to this place and in the background, they've got the the hanging of Saddam Hussein. Oh my God. And I'm just sitting there eating this falafel, watching it and, or like kind of half watching, you know, but sure, 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 yeah. I'm like, this is, this is some bizarre shit. So I don't know that I would want Trump to be treated like that, but I, I I'll say this. And, and I, I would not be angry if one of the secret service agents that has to escort him out has a bodysuit of GoPros with microphones yeah. and they take that footage and they turn it into like all kinds of like gifts and things that you just will never see the end of. Um, yeah, and, and I, you know, listen, the one thing I know about Donald Trump, for sure, is that at the end of the day, he is a coward. So he won't be, he won't be perp walked. He won't be, he'll do it all like 
he's just not that dude. Um, yeah. He's not going to have to get physical. He's not going to – like none of that stuff will go down. I could be wrong. Cry. You only go cry? They'll, they won't break him? Uh, that's a good question. No, I, no. I just think he's he's the guy that when you were a kid – would be like you know when you played sports and didn't like the way a game was going and was losing would say like i'm leaving and it's my ball my rules kind of thing where it's just like really whoa like i'm sorry that you're losing on one-on-one basketball or like you know a football game where you're you know he's that guy that like you, you know it's your fault it's your fault it's your fault he's just never going to stop saying one else's but his own um did you read his niece's book, Mary Trump's book, by any chance? And, I, and have I bored you enough about, like, in private texting? Have I asked you, like, have you read her book? No, um, no you never You never asked me. I, I haven't read it. I've, I've thought um, what she said, and I watched the interview that she gave. Sure, yeah. She's, a, she's actually, funny enough, she's kind of really not a great interview when I see her speak. Um, her book is spectacular. And there are these numerous occasions that, that speak to Donald's, like, you know, and, and you know what? His name is Donald, and I'm not calling him President Trump. Fuck him. Um, Donald's anger from being a childhood and, and the angry events that spurred him on, and one of them was being at, a, at like, a, the dinner table, and, and his older brother, I believe it was his older brother, put mashed potatoes on top of his head, and the whole family laughed for, like, a long time. And this was supposed to be the thing as a child that spurred him on to never be a loser again and never be laughed at. Like, like I'm supposed to give a fuck. Like all of us have numerous experiences as kids where something like that happened. And guess what? We moved on. It wasn't the world's fault. No one told us we were right. Some shit happens and you get over it and you move forward. You know what I mean? Like, I fumbled the football in the big game and it led to a touchdown. We also lost by 41 points. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, but I felt bad for a decade that I fumbled a football in a game. Like, you know what I mean? Those, those things that you could take failure and, and, and have that evil pit in your stomach where your anger propels you. I don't give a shit about the pile of, you know, it's, it's a great book. I guess what I'm not saying is I loved the book. It gives you a roadmap to his mental, you know, his instability and his narcissism. But when you, when it's couched in this story of having mashed potatoes put on a five-year-old's head, you're like, you gotta be kidding me, man. Wow. You know, you know, what a broken dude. And, and, and his parents were horrible and his sisters and brothers were, you know, they didn't even hang out in the same portion of the house. The women were like, you know, totally unvalued in the house. And like, it's a, it's a book that's worth reading, actually, because she's a great writer on top of all of it. She's very, very smart, much better writer than um, an interview subject. But um, yeah, he's just an absolutely angry I mean, like I'm I'm telling you something you wouldn't already see from four and a half, five years of watching him. He's just angry about everything. He literally, everything makes him angry unless it's like, you know, me, 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 me. I mean, um, the montage definitely writes itself, man. Like if you start from that moment, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. 
where Obama kind of roasts him from the from the um from the um the that, that's it. with the press club. Like you just see him just kind of sitting there, yeah, stewing over what he said. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Just got a notification on my phone that uh, Biden added uh, 1,500 votes to his lead in Georgia, which wow. is a good piece of information because that's coming in from military ballots. And Donald Trump is going to learn, as my stepfather, who was like a colonel in the U.S. Army uh, and a Biden supporter, which was the first Democrat he had voted for that he ever told me about you know, in the 20 plus years he's been in my life, um, military officials voted for Biden and retired high ranking military officers voted for Biden and members of the U.S. Armed Forces voted for Biden. And maybe it's not 50-50, but it's really close in terms of the military. So that's rare. Republicans tend to carry the armed forces. Uh, They tend to very much hold... Uh, a, a mandate's worth of lead in those um, in in elections. You know, it'll be like a fifty-five, forty-five split, or a, you know, around that area. And it won't be the case in this election. And that says that speaks volumes. Um, you know, that someone is about to win. You know, by five million votes. And oh, you know what else? And I don't know if you've been looking. I, I'm a total nerd for statistics and sports. So I'm a total nerd for statistics and elections. No, this is good. I mean, this is important because yeah. there are people who are definitely thinking this is all bullshit, you know? Well, and, and, you know, by the way, what I will say to anyone who thinks this is all bullshit is I remember in 2016 sitting there seeing Hillary Clinton lose. And the only part where I said it's bullshit where she lost was that I never questioned the legitimacy of the election. I never questioned the legitimacy of the votes and the counting and how people voted. What what I thought was bullshit was it really made me feel bad and upset that the Democratic Party took Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania for granted. They did not visit those places. And the bullshit aspect was we didn't keep places in the fold that we should have. Mm-hmm. And here's the big difference. What I'm seeing right now from Republicans that are angry, and by the way, I think the numbers are much, 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 much smaller in terms of anger than, than maybe the media is, is, is showing us. Like, I think there are a lot of Republican voters that are like, yeah, my guy lost. My Absolutely. Lost. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's totally true. Because I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I thought about that one thing, not to cut you off. Um, no, but, no, no, I know my point I want to make, so go on. Yeah, it's fine. Like, I just thought about that in terms of, in other elections of the past, like if we, if we had mechanism like social media in 2000, like what would people have said about that? You know, like what would the, Oh yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean like assuming that pe- it was at the point that it was at now where people just kind of freely express themselves and um, like, you know, would, would people have things to say about it? Like if even, even if an event like nine 11 existed with social media, like what would people be saying about it. And I'm pretty sure you would have a range of the oh, yeah. be balanced things that were based on facts. There'd be maybe like constructive criticisms or arguments. And then you'd have like really fringe far out views that yeah. are not based in reality. So anyway, that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. And I think, I think it's, it's probably 
there's more of a spectrum and maybe less of like a, uh, an extreme than another extreme. I agree. I agree. So from a statistical standpoint, the proof is really in the pudding in this election in, in the following ways. If three weeks ago I said to you, you know what, just give me Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, and I will be really happy. That will reverse what happened in 2016, right? Not only do those three states come back into the fold, Michigan will end up being, I think, 160,000 vote turnaround. Like, that's not to be like uncelebrated. Like, Trump won Michigan by 11,000 votes. He's yep. now losing it by 150,000 votes. That is a, that's a rebuke, massive rebuke. PA will be not as much, but pretty damn close. I think it's gonna be about 70,000, 80,000 vote advantage. That's not, that's not minor, you know what I mean? Wisconsin, which is barely a democracy. Do you remember what happened to, to Wisconsin during the primaries? I don't. They forced people to vote at the height of the beginning of the COVID spread. Oh, right, right, yeah. Their Supreme Court was like, we don't care. We don't care if there's an illness. So it was a very compromised primary that had like one third the turnout that it would have because they weren't ready. And there still weren't really prepared for like, well, do you wear masks? Do you not wear masks? How do we clean the equipment? You know, what do poll workers do? How do they, how are they going to be safe? So, so Wisconsin is a victory, but it's always this vile, hot mess of a democracy. It's such a compromised place. And he still won it. He still won. <laughs> he still won a place that is just like, okay. I mean, you, you know, you want it by 0.4 or 0.5. But Michigan and 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 Pennsylvania are like solid, absolutely undeniable victories. Um, yeah, that, it's close. That, it's it's definitely there. Like I'm looking at the numbers as of 25 minutes ago. Did you probably saw the same thing I I'm looking at? Oh, I don't know. What did you see? Well, okay, so I'm on the New York Times. They have like a 2020 election page, and everything's been updated. So as of 25 minutes ago, mm-hmm. um. 98% of the of the election results have been reported. Um, in the United States or in a specific state? I think in, in, I'm looking at Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. So, so Biden has 3,362,551 votes. And then Trump has 3,300,017,429 uh, hold on a second. Yeah, so like it's probably 50,000 50, vote difference or something almost. Something like that. Yeah, I was gonna actually do the math with my trusty calculator here and see what we're yeah. at. Maybe about. it's 43, 44,000 somewhere in there. It's hard to do that math that quickly, but yeah, uh, it's um, it's it's pretty crazy how how close it is. But I mean, the thing is, it's right there. It's right there for people to see. Yeah. And, well, uh, if they want to see it, if they want to believe that it's legal, if they want to believe that it's not manipulated, if they want to believe that it's like, you know, the president says they're liars. So they believe this, this, this imbecile. 
You know, the, the thing though is that 46,000 votes. 46. Okay. So that, that's, that's 3,000 more than last night at 10 p.m. Actually, there are 46,122 votes because not, not, not those 122 votes I kind of rounded down. Th- those do matter. So, of 40- course. So, <laughs> so 46,122. Yep. In 2016, Donald Trump won Pennsylvania by 44,000 votes. So, the way I look at that is that that is a 94th, is that wait, 44 and 46? That is a 90,000 vote turnaround in terms of the way that that state feels about Donald Trump. Like 90,000 people either changed their mind or got engaged in democracy and decided to vote. And that's the difference. That's the swing between the four years. And that's not significant. That is like, you know, the entire Dallas Cowboys stadium packed to the, to the, you know, to the brim, you know what I mean? Or the rim or whatever. and it's growing because there's still probably 60,000, 70,000 votes in Pennsylvania still being counted. And the, at, at a rate of like 73 to 74, you know, percent Biden's favor. So, you know, I'm sorry, like he got his ass kicked, you know, in, in presidential politics in the last seven elections, only a handful of win- winners of elections got over 50 percent. It's generally, you know what I mean? Like Trump himself won at, you know, in the in the low 49 percentile to, to Clinton's 47.8 or whatever. It was like, you know, when this many people turn out, I'm sorry, the people have spoken. It's That's where it becomes undeniable. Um, and this insanity of, you know, millions more people voted for someone, but the other person wins thing. You know, try explaining that to someone in Europe you know, the electoral college, it's like, yeah, it is nuts. You know what I just realized? I, I think I won a bar in Europe because, because, because Trump lost. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> the last time I was there, uh, or one of the last times I was there, I was, I was out with Josh Smith actually. And yeah, I made a mistake of talking to somebody in one of these bars about politics. And, and it, I say it was a mistake because it got, somehow we went from talking about Trump winning to like Trump has like secret documents about Tesla has had some things about alternative energy sources that he knew about. Like, uh, so you were talking to someone that was like a hardcore Trumper. I don't know. But like, basically I told that guy, I was like, if Trump wins a second term, like, I, I don't know what I bet him, but I was like, if, if Trump loses, I'm, I get your bar. And the guy was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> Do you remember what city you were in? No, man. It was it was definitely that was definitely a schnitzel tour, dude. So it was somewhere in um somewhere in Germany. Um I can't remember. It was <laughs> Schnitzel tour. I love that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got I wish I'd put it in writing, man, because because I'd have, you know, I'd have some place to uh to 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 serve good beer. <laughs> <laughs> I love the thought of going on tours, by the way. And it's like, based on the region that you're in, you literally do eat a specific way, like every night. Like Germany is such a trip to me because I know there's like a variety of food, but I don't think people listening to this that are musicians that haven't toured a lot understand is that tours really are like, you're somewhere for like hours. 
it's just like you eat, it's quick. You're nothing is about taking your time and 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 relaxed and just like enjoying a place. So like a schnitzel tour is such a perfect description because I know you're like, yeah, we had sound check and then we had to eat. We had like, you know, 71 minutes to eat and then it was the gig. You know what I mean? And it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's really exciting the first like eight days because you're like, man, this shit is great. And then you're like, man, I never want to eat a schnitzel ever again. Yeah, it's, it's weird, man. I mean, and then you get these little strange rays of 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 light that come out like like if a if a place that's not really a great place has an ice machine you know and you're like because they don't <laughs> you know it's it's yeah. it's an interesting interesting thing but yeah so anyway that was an exchange that was had um wow. I, I wish i had made good on i wish i had like done it properly but you know yeah uh, yeah, yeah i lo- i lost the bet in 2016 and i ended up sending a guy we bet each other like uh some sort of box sets of music and i ended up sending the guy this like great soul soul music box set a guy in texas hardcore trumper but not a bad dude just so he accepts racism and white supremacy (laughs) on that level he's the bad dude um yeah and i sent him a box set and he disappeared this time you know i'm just like oh there was no you know Where's my box set? You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so let's let's talk about Biden. He's you know like because sure. today was like kind of like day one in a way. And he uh, did you did you see who he put on like the uh, the the COVID nineteen task force? Did you see the all the people? Yeah, I I saw and one of the one of the doctors was someone that had been fired. That was a former Obama administration like. Truly a, you know, very highly respected doctor. Not quite sure who. Uh, I don't know the folks. And I think that's a testament to like, I'm sorry, but pre-COVID, I wasn't really up on my epidemiologists. You know I, I can mean? tell you one of them. Sorry, yeah. One of them was, is, is Michael Osterholm. And I don't know if you caught that Joe Rogan podcast in the beginning of COVID where Michael Osterholm was on there. It was probably one of the best I don't know how you feel about Rogan's podcast. I know that's like a divisive thing, depending on like who you ask. But I think probably the most important thing somebody in this country or any country could have watched when COVID was starting up and when people were kind of trying to figure out what it all meant was the Michael Osterholm episode where basically he's like, here's what's going to happen. And this is what happens if we don't do this. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, he's, his title is like, he's, he's the director of the center for infectious disease research at, um, university of, uh, Minnesota. But anyways, uh, like what he said on that episode, I think that was one of the most watched episodes, um, maybe around that time period, but just the information that this guy had and his, and his credentials and like, just what he knows, like, I felt very comfortable when I saw that name on that list. Cause it's like that dude definitely knows what's going on. Like he's written books on it. He understands how pandemics work. It's like, not, he's not flying blind on it. Totally. You know? Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's that's what you want to hear. And, you know, I love that they just, they selected a panel of people. They're moving forward. 
and nothing about it is obnoxious or opinionated or, you know, there's no hyperbole. It's like, no, we got a team. It's time to figure this out. You know what I mean? And then moving forward, whatever CDC and NIH officials they need to, to come into the fold, they'll bring them in and they'll look at this like the problem that it is and have solutions and a mindset to help people. And that's, that's it. I mean, you know, what's going to be also interesting looking back in time will be, you know, this Trump administration, Mike Pence is in charge of the, you know, the COVID coalition, uh, you know, uh, reaction team or whatever the hell they called it. You know, I know they called their, their, uh, oh, and by the way, today, something amazing happened. The CEO of Pfizer who rejected all federal funding from the U.S. government to be a part of Operation Warp Speed. Do you remember just this concept that they named it Operation Warp Speed? Like, like we're all part of some, you know, C-rate Hollywood film, and you should call the the search for a virus vaccine Operation Warp Speed. I have to say it that way because it's the most moronic name, you know, that they could come up with. Turns out that Pfizer refused to be part of it. And today the CEO of Pfizer was speaking with Biden and let Biden know before Trump the research that they have and how they have a vaccine that's now been proven to be 90% effective through research. And they're getting really close. And Jared and Donald can't, you know, they can't. They can't claim any victory for it. He went purposely to Biden's team first to let them know, hey, we're moving forward. We want to work with you. We're going to make this free and available. And we were not working with Operation Warp Speed, you know, with uh, the, the, the team that made the film Independence Day. You know what I mean? It's like it's that silly. Um, and, and I like that, you know, we can look back and see this, the COVID task force. And these daily press conferences were some of the most disgusting wastes of time and presidential campaign politics I've ever seen in my life, where he would get up and every day in like, what was it, like May and parts of June, every day for like 40 days, you would have a press conference from Trump who ostensibly put Mike Pence in charge of something, and yet he spoke every day. That's going to be something that's really wild to look back at. And you say that was the president and he was speaking every day. And yeah. how many people died? Wait, 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 wait a minute. How many people died in Germany and France and China and Japan during this time? Oh, one tenth the number? What the hell was going on? Why did all these people die while this guy just was up there, you know, bluster, full of bluster? Yeah. But I should also say timestamp to today. COVID's really fucking bad still. Really fucking bad. Yeah. Um, like um, I, okay, it's okay in California. Like it, California is not red right now. But no, but it's still bad here. It's just not as bad as it was. Yeah. 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 So I mean it's you know, we've had we've had a long art kind of a long taxing year with it. And um it hasn't gotten any better, man. It's been really frustrating to see that. So I really hope my hope is that like, it gets, it gets dealt with systematically with patients, but 
science has to drive that bus, man. Like that to me was the single, honestly, that was a single, that was a single issue for me in this election. Um, not that I wasn't going to, not that I wouldn't have voted for Biden, but like, I'm saying like, if Trump, the weirdest thing about this is like, if Trump really wanted to mess with the world and he just decided he was going to take a science-based approach to coronavirus, I'm sure he would have won. I'm positive. Right. Um, right. That he would have gotten people to flip if he had just decided like, yeah. jokes on you folks. I care. I want to make sure that, uh, you know, if you really wanted to outdo his critics and the people that, um, yeah. And make the news look fake. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he, you're right. And it would have been brilliant and it would have been like completely evil, but like, even I would have to say that's, that's, I can't argue with that. And that's brilliant. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's wildly incapable of that. He, he's, he has zero empathy. Yeah. So this is the same guy that Bob Woodward, Bob Woodward has on tape in January saying, you know, it's spread through the air and it's really dangerous and this is a bad thing. And, you know, there's the other thing, like, you know, he did know, he knew, I mean, whether or not, you know, I know you can also say like, well, at that time they weren't saying wear masks. They weren't really clear on how it was transmitted. They weren't really clear, you know, there was conflicting information because I think there was conflicting information for everyone on the planet. And there was really hard for governments to get their heads around the proper reaction. But the US government was being given updates from the CDC that this is really serious. And he didn't ever say it's really serious. As a matter of fact, you recorded uh, him saying, well, we have 15 cases right now and soon it'll be five and then it'll be nothing. And that's like early February. So, you know, he had every chance to get his arms around this and handle this in a, like, he could have been like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I want to get the best people and I want you guys to be safe. We'll, we'll do the other stuff. You know, we'll keep America great. All the horse shit, you know, sort of propaganda comments you can think of, but it just shows that there's zero, there's a zero empathy factor and a zero thinking of anyone else but himself. So this was his undoing, you know, a, a lot of this stuff, his inability to think of other people ever, is why he lost. I mean, he turned off, he turned out an additional 16 million people to vote. And the bad news for him is that of those 16 million, 11 million of them are people that voted against him. So, um, sorry, Donald, you lose, you know, <laughs> you know, but I think you're right. You make a really good point. You know, they get their hands around this, you know, or arms around or whatever the expression is. I think you're right. I think he wins, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the real, that's the real issue at hand. I mean, that's, yeah. we're not, you know, we're not, we're not entering to this new presidency with a, with a, like a pronounced financial crisis, but we're definitely, it's definitely a, a crisis that causes financial problems. And, and yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, you know, like, Hey, I mean, I'm not working. And yeah. you're not working. I mean, no, I'm, I'm working. doing you know stuff from home, which is which is an interesting thing. And there's there's some cool stuff 
that that has come from that but it's definitely not yeah man i mean i i haven't played a gig since march you know right i think most people can say that yeah. or if they're doing gigs it's like these weird virtual gigs or it's like yeah i haven't been in a venue i haven't been in a venue since i don't even know like february to be honest i don't i didn't go anywhere march everything shut down by march 8th so i'm just thinking like i don't remember the last time i was around a gathering of people i think it was actually at a hockey game it wasn't even a gig it was like i went to see a king's game you know wow and, you know that was it and then, you know at that point you weren't even really hearing or thinking about any kind of global virus i wouldn't have gone to i would never go in public if i thought you know there was something going on so um yeah what are we it's november so i actually it's funny even to give it a time stamp like this april may june july august september october november so that's that's eight solid months of almost to the day because i think today is the eighth mm -hmm. um that's eight solid months of just what life has become he yep. had eight months to fucking you know to say like no we're gonna get our you know that's why i think that's why i was saying those press conferences were so bad because no one was learning any information during them and he was also basically saying like he was he was like angry he was like angry at people during something where it's like, why are you angry? Like, this is all about solving problems right now. Like it's not, it's not that hard to be like, let's roll our sleeves up and solve a problem. Like you don't punch a problem. You know what I mean? Like you, you solve, you solve it. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like all this vitriol, like is such a waste of energy, like solve the issue right now. Like, instead of saying like the governor of Michigan is that woman or, you know, the governor of New York is my enemy. It's just like, or, or they were nice to him on a phone call. So he's like, Oh yeah, they're being nice to me now. You know what I mean? It's like, really? Are you fucking kidding me? You know, that was, that was, that was crazy and, and completely disappointing. Uh, so where, you know, where is it going to go? Like, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the last, part of this year is going to look like uh to wrap like what what do you think yeah. the, what do you, um do you think it's gonna is it gonna be is it gonna die with a whimper or do you think we're gonna see like murder hornets like spelling out weird trumpisms in the sky like what <laughs> <laughs> man by the way that that's a really frightening uh animal uh that is not a fun addition to the animal kingdom the murder hornet um no. I, I think like most things trump and failure it whimpers out and he re, he he re, he gathers himself, and I think he's he's at real litigation. He's looking at real problems um, moving forward, you know, as a businessman. Um, and I think ultimately he's a coward. I don't think he really fights this fights this like this current thing of like you know suing and counting the votes and the observers weren't given access, all these things, they go away. Joe, you know, Joseph Biden is the president of the United States. Right. You know, Kamala Harris is the vice president elect and, and is the vice president of the United States. And Donald Trump will always be a pimple on the ass of America. Um, and let's just see going forward you know, he's, he's, 
the most disgusting thing is, and I don't want to have to have the energy to deal with this, but he's already talking about, you know, he'll run in 2024. And it's just like, nah, man. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> nah. Well, yeah, let's, let's hope that last part doesn't happen or, you know, they haven't figured out some way to keep him. Cause what he'll, will he be, he'll still be what, like, he'll be like 79 then or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think he, he probably close younger, like 77, 78. I don't really know how old he is. I believe he's 74 now. Okay. Yeah. So, so he'd be 78. And I mean, good shape or not, please give me a break. You yeah. Know? Like, I you think, know? yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I just think that I don't want to think about that now. Yeah. But no. I think he's a coward when it's all said and done. When faced with the the largesse of the institution of the transition and the president shifting and the election loss, he'll just he'll never he'll never like shake Biden's hand. He won't do any of that shit. He just he's such a coward. He won't even be in the room with someone. You know, uh, I think he just vanishes. You know, uh, from 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 the public eye, sort of. You know, I also think, by the way, and we, and this will wrap it up. I think that you know, Twitter, Twitter's not gonna, you know, he's gonna no longer be the president. So guess what? He'll probably be staring at a suspended or canceled account on Twitter. You know, uh, because he lies, and they're verifiable lies, and you shouldn't be allowed to just say whatever you want when you have seventy-two million followers or whatever the number is. You know, even if thirty million of them are bots. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, so he won't be protected anymore on that level from you know his uh, presidency won't protect him. So that's a that's a really interesting component to this whole era too, which I don't know if it's made the analysis circuits yet because people are still talking about the legalities and how stuff's being counted. But but um, there's been a real about face I think with social media over the last four years, and I think people are going to have to really think about more so than they ever have. And, you know, I think it was brilliant that Netflix put out that documentary around the time, right before the election to get people to think about like how these algorithms fuck with their perception of reality and how people construct their own reality. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, I think that's the thing that's really, really been the, maybe the silent component of this that's been really, really dangerous because, um, people could probably have like the most earnest of intentions when they're trying to research something and yeah. the way those things work. I mean, I like, for example, if someone was going to listen to that Michael Osterholm interview on Joe Rogan, I guarantee you within two clicks, you're going to be alt-right adjacent. And I don't know why that <laughs> is, but it's, yeah. it, it's a really, you can, anyone can do it. It's really messed up. And I think, yeah, you know, I'm not going to get into this because it's a whole other ball of wax, but I think like, all of these things have had a hand in where we're at. And I, I hope, I just hope that it, you know, people have learned from it and um, it improves everything. We, you know, and it only goes up. So that's, I, I do too. You know, maybe the next, the next sort of reckoning and reforming will be, you know, the Facebooks of the world. And, you know, maybe there is some sort of like, Hey guys, you know, let's keep this from, let's kind of keep this, you know, I think Zuckerberg is an issue, you know, yeah. Um, uh, but you're right. You know, this is a huge component of this of this time and place that we're in, and it needs 
you know, it needs examining and, and he, you know, he needs, uh, I'm very glad that he's no longer going to be the president of the United States and that he's going to be able to be held in check at a certain point by people who decide, hey, I own this company. You're not allowed to just do whatever you want. You know, yeah. you're definitely right, though. This this whole ability to be, you know, all right adjacent really quickly is, is a really frightening thing. Yeah. Um, so in the for the purposes of, of ending on a more positive note, uh, we have the first... Uh, Indian American, African American, female, you know, vice president or any vice president or president going into the White House. Like, that's spectacular. You know, Jill Biden is the first Italian American. Uh, you know, Joe Biden and Jill Biden are only the second Catholics to be in the White House. You know, the Kennedy family was, you know, JFK. Um, Kamala Harris's husband's Jewish. Is that? I was going to say he's the first. The first gentleman, the second gentleman, rather, is 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 you know Jewish. It's like there are a lot of firsts with this, um, and it's great, and it's diverse, and it's you know, and also as a dog lover, we finally get dogs back in the White House. Two 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 German shepherds are heading to the White House, not as we speak because we still have two months, but uh, a rescue dog named Major. And I wish I knew the older German Shepherd's name, but gorgeous dogs in the White House. Like, how can you have a president and not have dogs? That's such a great thing. Like, dogs are amazing. Um, I mean, that's but, I mean, that's very telling. I think. Oh yeah, like if you can't be a God, dogs are filthy, you know, like that kind of yeah, you know, it's like nah, not my yeah. kind of dude, you know. Yeah, unless you're like extremely allergic, allergic to a fatal fatal level, but yeah, 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 exactly. And even then, it's kind of suspect, Steve Jenkins. No. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how I don't know how it works. I mean, I think some some alert some allergies are 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 really kind of a legit thing when it comes to animals. I mean, um, I've been quote unquote allergic to cats for years, but like not really, you know. Sure, sure, sure. that's funny. Yeah. Ah, so there is some good stuff going on, and hopefully this this COVID actual COVID task force, uh, we're going to see some good stuff and and find you know some combination of vaccines and like therapeutics and a federal response to like push the needle in the right direction a little bit um so we can get back to some normalcy yeah definitely looking forward to that man Good but, stuff. Um, thank you so much for having me back this i love doing this yeah absolutely man you're the first repeat guest always great to talk oh wow i didn't know that shit that's awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well cool man thanks so much and right. i'll talk to you soon yeah. All right. Take care. All right, man. Bye. <laughs>